Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. I gotta tell you, I'm not in a great mood. <laughs> um, you know, my husband uh, insists on trying to surprise me, even though he has lived with me close to 14, I think it's 14 years now, he's lived with me, and... Anybody that's even been around me a little bit knows I don't like fucking surprises. I don't even understand why people want to surprise other people. I don't get it. If you this is if you think you want to surprise me, you should check with me first. Tell me what the surprise is, and I'll let you know whether I want to be surprised with that. That's how you should approach it with me. But yet, he insists on trying to surprise me. Uh, you know, my husband gets real wild with gifts. You know, all my gifts to him are incredibly, like, um, are practical things. Things I want to see him use and things that I think he, that he has mentioned needing and wanting. And I, I get those things for him. So there's a need. You express the need. Here is the need. Here's the needs, you know, resolved. Um, all his gifts to me are, like, real wild shit. Now, he's good at gifts. Don't get me wrong. He's never giving me a gift that I haven't been like, oh, shit. He's good at it. But they're always, like, over-the-top shit. And today, he went out and spent a lot of money at a jeweler. The jeweler and I realized that because I have alerts on our bank account because I'm the person in charge. And I asked him what he was doing, and he said, I am buying you a gift. And I said, okay, well, what is the gift? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you. And I was like, I already kind of know what it is. Can you tell me what it is? And he goes, no. I said, well, did you get a receipt so I can take it back? And he goes, no, there's no receipt. If you don't like it, you have to just, like, you have to just keep it and, and just accept a gift, which pissed me off. He was, like, 30 minutes from home. Um, it's very cold here in Austin. It's supposed to be zero degrees on Monday. And the following Monday, it's supposed to be 75 degrees. We have, we have a... Uh, uh, forecast snow for Sunday when you're listening to this probably the Monday and the Wednesday after and so people aren't really trying to leave it's fucking cold outside it's like 28 degrees outside which is I mean I don't hate it uh, you know it reminds me of living in Chicago so I'm not like ter- I'm not like oh I, I, I liked it but you know everybody around here is losing their mind people don't even buy coats people buy coats in Austin they just don't you know what I mean? Like when you live somewhere where it actually gets cold quite a bit, you have winter wear and you have gloves and scarves and, you know, you know how to like, you know how to heat up your car and things like that. And you just, it's not something people do around here. So, I mean, like I said, I don't even own a coat anymore. I just own, it's called a car coat, but it's really a sweater. Um, I just use that. It's not a big deal, but I'm never cold either. Everybody's walking, even my husband, born in the Bronx, walking around here, hollering about how cold it is, putting on extra socks and shit. I'm, I have, I have on a tank top. I am not cold. Um, I'm also inside, which is like, I'm not outside, so I don't care. Uh, but he's, he also claims I don't keep, I, I keep the heat on like 67, which I do, uh, cause I see what the bills look like. So that's why if you cold, put some fucking clothes on. And so, <laughs> um, so he, he claims I'm just trying to freeze people out. Whatever. Anyway, it's a very cold day. Most people aren't out today. And, you know, they don't really know how to handle roads around here, you know. So, 
Uh, I wouldn't want to be driving around on these fucking icy roads and with people, people, I don't know. I, they, they, and I can say this of everywhere I've ever lived, but the people of Austin do not respect weather. So it's either they're driving like five miles an hour or they are driving a hundred miles an hour. There's no fucking in between. There's no like, Hey, you know what? It's a little icy out. I'm going to give everybody a little bit more space. I'm not going to ride people's asses because People don't know how to drive on ice around here. So, I don't know. So, he went out. And so, he's coming back. I'm already, and so, I'm already annoyed at this. Because now there's a thing I don't know. Okay? There is a thing I don't know. And the people won't tell me about it. The person won't tell me about it. So, he gets off. And I'm just thinking, like, what did he buy me? A dope boy chain? Probably. He has bad taste. I'm just going to keep it real. My husband has bad taste in everything but women. He just does. Okay, I don't allow him to paint things. I'm sitting in this man cave right now. It's very black. It's ugly in here. Like he just, he just, he has bad fucking taste. And so, like, I don't allow him to pick out things. So I'm like, he probably bought me a dope boy chain. He probably bought me like a Wu Tang chain. Like it's probably a big thick rope necklace with a Wu Tang. That's probably something like that. Uh. And he claims he doesn't have a receipt. He won't give it to me. So I'm going to have to wear this thing to get my money's worth out of it. So, like, I'm going to have to go to PTA meetings with a Wu-Tang dope boy chain on and have people look at me and me be like, I know, I just, my husband spent a lot of money on this and I got to wear it a certain amount of times or I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel like we didn't get our money's worth. That's, it's not what he ended up buying. He actually bought something that I actually wanted, which is nice. I, I have a lot of holes in my ears. I don't have a lot. I think, I don't have a lot. Why did I say that? I said that like, like, like I, like you'd see me on some TLC thing. I don't have a lot of holes. I used to have a lot of piercings. I don't have very many piercings anymore. Um, I just have my nose ring and I have three holes in each ear. So... I wanted very small diamond ring, diamond earrings, not big ones, small ones, like teeny tiny studs so that all of my, my, my ear holes could have the same. And he, he got them. He got me a series of diamond studs that were exactly what I would have chosen. So maybe me, and like, I know people listen to this and are like, well, see, you should have just enjoyed a surprise. No, I don't want to be surprised though. I don't care how it turns out. I don't like the feeling in between of being surprised. That's what I don't like. And people who like to surprise people just think everybody should just be like, oh, cool. Like, no, don't fucking surprise me. Ask me what I like. I'll tell you and then you get that. And then you let me know when it comes. That's how it works. That's actually not why I'm in a bad mood. That's not why I'm in a bad mood. It was fine. It was fine. That 30 minutes was why I wait for him to get home was annoying, but it's fine. And I think he thought to go, I mean, he spent more money than I would have spent, but it's, you know, I have a million earrings. I usually like to wear big earrings. Um, you know, I've, I haven't usually had hair. I don't really grow hair. So I haven't really, I've always had like short haircuts. I've had a lot of like short haircuts. So I, I often have big earrings. Um, 
But you know, like in this pandemic, I don't want to wear big earrings. I don't want hoops. I don't want. I just want something utilitarian. That's all I want. Um. And like, I instantly forgave him because recent on Super Bowl Sunday, my husband made a brisket that changed my fucking life. Now, was I making fun of him while he was making the brisket? Yeah, he was in our driveway making a brisket and staying up all night for twelve hours watching a brisket. Also, playing the Super Bowl game on a projection screen, also smoking a cigar, also on the phone talking about a motorcycle he was going to get. And I was like, I don't know, feels feels like he's kind of gay to me, you know? Feels like, <laughs> I know we've been together for a very fucking long time. I don't know, maybe he's gay because I feel like he's like self-hating gay guy who's trying to like prove how masculine he is to me by doing all these masculine, heteronormative things, like, all at the same fucking time. It's really fucking weird. And, I, you know, I clown him about it. I text people about it. I took a couple pictures of him when he wasn't looking. Sent it to my mom. Talked shit about him. Guys, this fucking brisket was amazing. It was so fucking good. And I promised to never talk shit about him again. But even I knew I was lying. Talking shit about him is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> it's like... I, I like to talk shit about him. I like to talk about him like he's stupid on the internet. I like to, <laughs> Meanwhile, if he was doing these things to me, I'd be very upset. In fact, my stepkid just got on Instagram. Um, they hate social media, so they've never been on Instagram. They're like 18 years old. They decided to get on Instagram, and I woke up to they had followed me and liked and just, just gone through all my pictures Everyone on Instagram and like things, put some comments on there. And I just, I didn't respond to the comments. I just sent a text that says, we don't really need to connect on Instagram. And they text back and we're like, why? It's so funny the way you talk about dad. Woof. And then just start naming all the stuff, like how he can't f- pronounce Panera bread. I just said it the way he said it. Panera bread. He says Panera. Um... You know, how he fell out the fucking ceiling, how he almost made us fail a foster uh, inspection because he doesn't know what over-the-counter medicine is. You know, just various things. How he has too many fucking socks. Like, they were listing all these things. I was like, damn, I talk a lot of shit about this man. <laughs> like, in black and white in his text thread, I was like, ooh, ooh, I said that? Ooh. Oh, Lord, I might need to delete my Instagram. <laughs> Just know this. Like, I'm not going to stop talking shit about him. He makes me briskets. He saves me all the time. He takes care of me. He's great. And there's, like, three things I don't fucking play about in real life. Like, three things I don't fucking play about. I don't play about my money. I am a cheap bastard, okay? I want my money. <laughs> I don't care if it's $3. I need to get that money. I need to. <laughs> I, know how, I know how much money I have. And if you owe me $3, I'm going to get my fucking $3. Okay? I don't care. I will take back shit. No receipt. All kinds. And I will get my money. Okay? Super serious about money. I'm serious about my fucking kids. So easy way to get on my bad side is to play about my fucking kids and the third thing is i don't play about mr curtis i really don't and before i had kids 
And before I had, I had any money, because I was certainly poor for a long time, all I had was Mr. Curtis. And I, I actually, something happened this week where it just made him feel bad. Like, um, just somebody was talking to him in a way that didn't, treating him in a way that didn't make him, that like, just made him feel bad. And I felt this like ferociousness come up in me because I can't stand for him to be unhappy. I can't stand for him to not have the things in life he wants, the things in life he needs. I can't stand that. And just this one time, it's a long story, but this one time, like, this guy we let live with us um, was drunk and he was, like, going through a bunch of shit. And he was outside and he was just, like, talking a lot of shit. He was, like, going through it one night. He was with our neighbors and my husband. And he was just talking a lot of shit about my husband. He wasn't my husband yet. And just like being disrespectful in a way like that dude didn't have anywhere to live and anything to eat and we just kind of took him in like a like a kid like a foster kid actually he just came to live with us we got him a job and he was just it's not even in a bad way but he was just talking real fucking sporty about my husband and i ended up tackling him to the ground and fighting him and I'm not like a fighty person. I'm really not. I'm I'm more of an avoidy person. I'm more of a once it's done, it's done, and I don't fuck with you no more type of person. I'm more of a change the locks while you're gone type of person and refuse to let you talk to me about it type of person. I'm really not a fight person. I mean, if you take it there, I'm going to defend myself. But I was not defending myself. I tackled that man to the ground and whooped his ass. <laughs> Oh my God. <sighs> All over my, like, I'm I'm being very serious. I do not play about that man. And yet here I am talking so much shit about him on the, on the gram. I guess I have to. I guess I have to talk a lot of shit about him on this podcast and on the Instagram, no matter how many fucking briskets he makes, no matter how many times I think he, like, he's, he's always, like, 10% smarter than I think he is. And, like, today, I did not have faith in him that this surprise was going to be something I actually wanted. But it was stuff. I was like, oh, okay, I actually do want this. <laughs> I don't always have faith in him. But I am very serious about him. What the fuck am I talking about? Oh, don't want to be surprised. Don't surprise me, guys. Don't surprise me. Not at all. Um, also, my kids got into a fight. Uh, Bunny and Cheeks got into a fight in which they both hit each other, and Bunny's glasses are then broken. Uh, they on my nerves right now. Uh, I'm having some hygiene problems with my five-year-old. He on my nerves right now. Um, I'm having some pee problems with my four-year-old. He on my nerves right now. The only person not on my nerves is Turtle, my 10-year-old. And he's out there putting together Gundams with his daddy. And I'm going to record this podcast. Ugh. What can I talk about that I'm not annoyed with? Um, oh, guys. So, you know, every month I get Patreon dollars from people who subscribe. And they get bonus episodes. And I take a little bit of that money every month and I donate it somewhere. You know, pass it along. You know, pass my good fortune on. I'm telling you, if you find if you find yourself in a bit of luck, share it. And I promise you it'll come back to you every time. Um, so this month, um, we donated to the North Brooklyn 
Free Store, which is run by the North Brooklyn Mutual Aid Organization. And basically, the, the concept is simple. Uh, you bring what you can share, you give what you can share, and you take what you need. And so we donated some money to them to like kind of help the community during COVID. Um, I was suggested this by a listener whose handle I do not remember, but it's on the Instagram at Buy Pumpkin Podcast on Instagram. And if you guys want to know more about the organization, you can go to NorthBrooklynMutualAid.org and learn about it there. And if you have a few bucks you want to donate, do that. Um, and if you guys can think of something that, that a place that could use our donation dollars next month, let me know. All right. So that's, that's done. We've donated for the month of February. Um, also if you guys are members of the Patreon, they, we finished our bonus series on couples therapy and VH1's couples therapy, um, which I really enjoyed and enjoyed more than I thought I would. Good stuff. Um, so it's time to come up with a new series. We're voting on that on the Patreon. Um, so the options are a series of like selected intervention episodes. We're also looking at mother daughter experiment, celebrity edition. I don't know why it's called celebrity edition. There was only one season. These people were barely celebrities. I want to, another option is workout with Jackie Warner. And another option is the Rachel's, the Rachel, I almost said the Rachel Joe, the Rachel Zoe Project. So those are your four options. Go vote, okay? If you're a Patreon member, um, go vote on what the next series is going to be. Anything else? Oh, you know what? On the Patreon, I had a few people asking about Spelling Tea. So my old podcast, Spelling Tea, used to be on the Solid Listen Network, Okay. It was a Patreon-only podcast. And so if you are a member of the Solid Listen Network, Patreon, which you might be, if you listen to Liz, if you listen to Troy, they're all on that network. My old podcast, Spelling Tea, is on the Patreon. And I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't exactly my first time podcast. It was my first time podcasting by myself. And it was, you know... It's a little rough, but <laughs> it's also a lot of fun. I just went through Tori Spelling's old, like, I went through her work and I consumed it. I consumed Tori content and spit out a podcast every week. And so I did her Lifetime series. I did her books. I did some 90210 content. I did some movies. I like, I had a good time talking about fucking Tori Spelling. So. If you guys want to listen to that, that's on the Solid Listen Network's Patreon. Um, I did over a year of shows and bonus episodes, and it was fun. So, I mean, <laughs> that's where you find that at. Um, I, I, I'm right now planning to do some recording with Molly soon, so I, that I'm really excited about. Um, sometimes people ask me, like, why... I stopped doing that podcast. Why this podcast isn't on that network? There's really no reason. Um, I stopped doing that podcast. I did over a year of it. And I promised I'd do a year of it. And I fulfilled my promise. And uh, the reason this one isn't on that network is because I honestly did not know what the fuck I was going to be doing. And, you know, they've got a whole fucking network over there. They, they that's, that's like a thing, all right? They record podcasts. They have 
They have ads and shit. I mean, that's a real thing over there. And I was just like, I kind of don't know what Buy Pumpkin's about to fucking be. And I don't want to, like, tear down people's network building this stupid little fucking podcast. I... I really was like, I don't know how long it's going to go. I might go for six episodes and then I'll stop. I don't fucking know. And so I was like, I really don't want to put that pressure on them to be like, hey, I want to do a stupid podcast that's called, that's called, that's named after a quote from Flavor of Love. And you know what? Not really sure what the concept's going to be. Can I be on your network? And they would have let me. I know they would have let me. But I just, that's, that's really the only reason it's not over there is it, Molly is awesome. Uh, she's always been great to me. Uh, she's always been, uh, Nicole, who is, uh, handles all the behind the scenes stuff. And you also hear her on Molly's podcast a lot. Nicole was awesome to me all the time. And if they had not been awesome to me and encouraging to me and giving me a shot on spelling tea and giving me like a network to have it on, because I don't know that you listener listening to this will be listening to buy pumpkin because how would you even know who the fuck I was? If, if Liz did not let me come on her show and talk, 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 talk about T mom. I don't, uh, none of you would know who I was. And then if she, Liz hadn't let me come on her show and I used to go on her show all the fucking time. Like <laughs> I once, the sentence stuff for her show and she was not even like she just popped it into the show and it was like I was doing half her show like I used to be on there all the fucking time and then from that I I um pitched a podcast to Molly and she was game for it and if Liz hadn't let me on you guys hadn't been good to me when I went on Liz's and then Molly and Nicole hadn't handled me with like beautifully kid gloves and just pretty much let me do whatever I want and just like really encouraged me. Like I would come home with a C report card. And they'd be like, you're doing so good. Like if they, if I didn't have that, I don't think I would keep podcasting and I don't think Bob Pumpkin would be here either. So what I'm saying is if you're, if you're a member of the Solid Listen Patreon, please go back and listen to my old episodes on Spelling Tea and marvel at how much better I've gotten. I've gotten a better mic. Um, I still ramble a lot. I think I do less dead space. Because <laughs> I need, I used to not listen to my podcast. Now, I actually do listen to them. Um, it's just gotten easier to hear my voice. So I do listen to them. And I do go, oh, fuck, bitch. You were not even talking for like a minute and a half. Why did you cut that out? So I've gotten better at editing. I've gotten better at a lot of shit. I mean, we're still here. So... <laughs> So don't think I've gotten super great at it, but if you want to hear uh, Proto Princess, Spelling Tea is a place to go. And I had fun episodes like Tori Spelling killed a pig. She did. Tori Spelling's actually killed two pigs, by the way. I had fun episodes like about Tori Spelling's boobies. And you know what? It is all about how Tori Spelling's like a super crazy person, but also... That Tori spelt that, like, also, she was incredibly, like, relatable in a lot of ways. It wasn't just a fuck you, Tori Spelling, why you're so weird uh, podcast. It was more of a, it was more of a, look at this weird shit. And also, I would do this too. Like, it was very good. <laughs> not the podcast. I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here being like, my podcast was very good, even though it was. But <laughs> I meant the experience of recording it was very good and it led me here to, to buy pumpkin so definitely if you if you 
if you are of the if you are of the mind, go back and listen to that. I think that's all I got to talk about today. Um, so we're doing two episodes. I forget the numbers because I didn't write them down. I'm sorry, but it's the, the names are conflicting conflict and a better or bitter place. I looked at the episodes. I think I got about three episodes left. I think I'll do two episodes next week, an episode the week after that, and then a reunion episode. Or I might do three episodes next week and one and then one reunion. I'm not quite sure yet. But I don't I don't have but so many episodes left. And then as always, we'll do some palate cleansers in between. And then we'll be on to the next season of Buy Pumpkin. So I mean I think it absolutely was the right re- thing to do to double up on episodes because of, like I said at the time, Bravo reality TV shows um, are plotted out for the ad space, not necessarily for the flow of the show. And two episodes um, up for, for each podcast episode was just the right amount. Now, was it tough? Yeah, it was tough because I had to watch two hour, two real hours of TV every week for this, then usually about 40 minutes of TV for the other one. And it's just harder to watch TV when you have to take notes for it. You know, I famously say all the time that I will be watching this shit regardless. And I would be like, it's nothing for me to turn on Denise Richards old <laughs> reality show and just fucking watch it or Leah Remini's, which wasn't that great, but I watched it. I've watched it many times. I watched Double Dare today. I sat down and watched Double Dare. And I believe it's from the late 80s, early 90s. And girl, were we ugly back then. We were some ugly people. (laughs) But I watched Double Dare. I'm like, I'll watch some dumb shit, guys. (laughs) So it's like, it's not an issue for me to watch these old shows. But like, watching um, to take notes takes longer. And I'm like rewinding things and going back. And and then Real Housewives of Miami was on bravotv.com and had commercials. So I would have to sit through those fucking commercials. And then I was doing two episodes. So it, it, what, it, it has been a little harder for me to get. That's why I've been recording a little late every week because it's hard to just be like, okay, well now you need to sit down and watch two episodes of Real Housewives of Miami and take notes and sometimes I I rip video from it to put on the Instagram. So that's been a little, but I've been enjoying it. And, I, and I'm really excited because after the first couple episodes, I was like, am I going to enjoy this as much as I thought I was going to enjoy it? Yes, I am. I'm enjoying it. And I don't know why I doubt it myself. Princess, you're an idiot. But <laughs> I'm having a good time. I hope you guys are too. So um, when, when we get back, we drop in. Leah Black is getting her gala together. Um, it's a day after the lingerie party. And, you know, uh, Leah's got a lot of shit to do. Queen Latifah and Tony Bennett are hosting. Um, and she's just running around doing all kinds of shit. And she has this cosmic cheerleader. I didn't call him a cosmic cheerleader. She did. He's some sort of... Uh, Medium, I don't know if psychic's the right word. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> his name's Norman, and he's a little guy. And I honestly do not know. I honestly do not know what to think about this. Except for that Leah is definitely a woo-woo type of chick. 
And I can get down with that. Like, it's not that I think everyone who says they're psychic is psychic, but I want to believe they're psychic. And I like psychics and, ast- and astrology and personality tests and therapy all for the same reasons. It's people talking about me. <laughs> like, let's just keep it real. When we're taking a personality test, we're like, okay, so they're going to talk about me. I actually, um, so recently Kara had Melissa from the real world. I think her name's Melissa Beck because she keeps calling her husband Justin Beck um, from the real world on um, her podcast again. Melissa's a great podcast uh, guest. And Kara, I've said this over and over again, Kara is very good at like getting guests on her podcast that are interesting. And so Melissa mentioned that she had a podcast called Imperfect Strangers. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to that. And I listen, I went back to the beginning. I listened to it. Um, Melissa's very funny. Her her uh, other host, I'm sorry, I just started listening, so I don't know her name, is also very funny. I would give it a listen. Um, Melissa has very strong opinions. And, like, she's absolutely not afraid of being, like, people not liking her opinions. And, you know, if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. <laughs> so she, they're not, like terribly harmful harmful things at least not i've only listened to a few episodes i here i am being like well she's not very harmful and then like six episodes in she's like the holocaust didn't really happen and then i have to come back here and be like oops my bad i didn't know she was a holocaust denier I didn't, my bad i'm sorry i have to like come back to this episode and edit this part out because i do not want people to hear me saying that she's that i like her and she's got strong opinions and then later on like like whoo this is why i almost never ever like endorse anybody i'm never like oh i really like this celebrity because when you as soon as you say some shit like that they get on the internet and say some real wild shit they're like trans women aren't women i'm like ah like, <laughs> like i just ugh. i you know you know Y'all remember when celebrities, we didn't even know anything about them. They used to just be quiet. You remember that? How we just wouldn't even know. Like, they would have really problematic opinions, but I wouldn't fucking know about it. How would I? And now they're just free to be on the internet just talking all motherfucking day long. And you're like, that's, mm, I like this person. Mm, she's sassy. That's great. Mm-hmm. I think I really like this person. And then, eh, they say some real wild shit. And you're like, whoa, ho, ho, ho. No, thank you. Anyway, Melissa, I don't know if she said it, but I'm saying that the few episodes I listened to, I enjoyed the fact that they were talking like, you know, openly about things and not afraid to talk negatively about things that they felt strongly about without being like, well, other people have different opinions. And, you know, I just felt I I, I enjoyed it. But in like the second episode, maybe they, they were talking about enagrams and maybe I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but it's a personality test where you get a number. And I was like, I like to, I love to talk about myself. So why don't I just go and take this personality test? So I took it and I got eight and I didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't fucking like it (laughs) because just the way they described an eight. And like a lot of stuff is real. You know what I'm saying? Like it's absolutely real. Not real. What I mean, because I don't want it to be like, Instagram is the truth. A lot of the stuff that came out, I was like, yeah, that's pretty true. That's, that's, 
I relate to that. I resemble that. I'm sure that if I looked at some of the other numbers, I resemble those numbers too. You know, you know, there's some term for this where, where like you look at something that's supposed to describe you and then you start to like force it to be around you. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. I don't take it too seriously. I just like to talk about myself. So I took the little quiz and this is what I got. Eight. Now let me just give you a quick overview of what they said about me. Um, nicknamed the challenger. I do challenge people quite a bit and I have a hard time with authority figures because I don't want to be controlled. Ego fixation, vengeance. I love vengeance. Um, <laughs> vice, lust. Don't tell my husband. Virtue, innocence. I don't think I'm that innocent. Integrates into two, the helper under growth. I am a helper. So maybe I've had some growth. Um, disintegrates into the five, the investigator under stress. I need to know things. Uh, basic fear to lose the ability to gain and hold power. I'm not power hungry. I'm not at all. I don't actually like to be in charge. I just have to be in charge because people don't know what they're doing, which is word for word what I read about eight somewhere else. And basic desire to be in control of external and internal environments. Yes. I like to control my environments. Now, I just read that to you and it sounded like I agree with most of those things about myself. I did. I just didn't like it. That's what it was. I didn't like it. And also I read somewhere like eights can be aggressive and I'm not fucking aggressive. Okay. <laughs> I'm not aggressive. I've been called intimidating and I can be intimidating because I said what the fuck I said and I meant what I said and I say what I mean. I don't like the pussyfoot. I don't like to like... I can, I'm an avoidant person, so if, like, you've hurt me or if I don't want to fucking deal with you, I just, like, don't be around you. I block you. I change my phone number. I stop having Instagram, whatever the fuck it is I need to do to get away from you. But I'm not someone who will, like, pretend, you know, I don't know. You can't, just don't piss on me and tell me it's raining and I won't do the same thing to you. But anyway, I took that little test and I was in a bad fucking mood for the rest of the day. I want to be something like noble or whatever. And yeah, I know that the Instagram thing says that like no personality is wrong. No, you know, everybody has pros and cons, but I just felt like I got a bad one. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking? Oh, I'm talking about the cosmic cheerleader. Okay. So the cosmic cheerleader. <laughs> Um, he just plays the bowls and blesses shit. And, you know, he keeps Norman, the cosmic cheerleader, keeps singing the vowels of the, of the alphabet. A-E-I-O-U. He keeps going A-E-I-O-U. A-E-I-O-U. I, the only thing he didn't say was, and sometimes why? But he kept saying the vowels of the alphabet. And so <laughs> he's going to be at the gala, reading energies, giving out blessings. And but before the gala, what they want to do is Leah wants him to come over to the house and meet with all the girls prior so that they can get their energies read and be blessed and also resolve the shit from the night before, before her gala. So already, already, Adriana's not coming. Well, first of all, let me talk about what Leah's wearing. Leah is once again wearing 
a she's wearing like pretty plain clothes she's wearing a white shirt and some jeans but then she has this massive jewelry around her neck is like I'm assuming they're like yellow diamonds. They're huge and a matching bracelet. She got the set and a, like a, a, some earrings. I need you guys to understand how big this fucking jewelry is. I know I said that Leah should sue Stasi Schroeder for, um, for the statement necklace trend because Leah has been walking around these huge fucking necklaces for a while. I'm sure her neck hurts. But these jewels are so fucking big, they could plot an Oceans movie around it where they try to steal it. And I'm all, you. what was that movie, Oceans 8, with Sandra Bullock and the, and the women? That movie was very sexy, guys. I, for some reason, felt a real sexual tension coming off of Sandra Bullock. She's not my type, but I felt a real sexual tension coming off of her. I don't know, uh, if her and Kate Blanchett used to do it, I'm not sure. They seem like they did. And then, was I the other one that felt a lot of chemistry between Sandra Bullock and Rihanna? There's a part where they're like listening to some some hacked audio of some sort, and they each have an earbud in each ear. And I was like, is this a cute little date they're on? What is this? Is this a couple? I like this. So cute. Love to get an Ocean's Nine where they break into um they break into Leah's home, free Frida, steal these jewels, and Sandy and uh Riri like get together and like adopt a couple of babies. Doesn't Sandy already have a black baby? Okay, fit right in, get a couple more black babies, get like a farm in Vermont, you know, make cheese and jam and just, I don't know, live the slow life. Go to farmer's markets where you sell your jam. Have a farmhouse Christmas. I don't know. I'm into this. I'm really into this idea. Damn, I'm into this idea. <laughs> but um, Adriana calls Leah and says she's not going to come. And she's not going to come because she doesn't want to be around Joanna. And it's like she's still frustrated from the night before. Um, Leah says she's going to talk to Joanna about how this was not appropriate or whatever. And Adriana's like, well, you need to defend me. You make sure you're defending me. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, I'm not, I'm surprised Leah even has time for this thing happening because it's the day of the gala. And I went and like, it doesn't make sense that she would just be like, well, we had a bad night last night. Let's have the cosmic cheerleader Norman come over and do all this for. I feel like more like this was already on the books. Like they had already decided to film this a long time ago. Otherwise, Leah should be running around trying to get this gala together. So right after the phone call, Leah tells the cosmic cheerleader Norman to go into the kitchen so they can bless the kitchen. So they go in there and Frida's in there and Frida tells her. So Leah has a dog named Leroy. Leah has a husband named Roy and a son named Roy and a dog named Leroy. (sighs) Leah, what are we doing? What are we fucking doing? I remember this time, my boss, I was an insurance agent at the time. I was working for a small nationwide insurance. 
company, uh, agency, excuse me. And <laughs> he had a dog named Prince and, and we needed to get rid of the dog and kept trying to convince me to get the dog. Kept trying to convince me that I need a dog named Prince. And I was like, I cannot, my name cannot be Princess and me walking around here with a dog named Prince. It just can't be, it can't be done. People are going to think I'm fucking the dog. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, cannot, not, 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 not. And I'm just saying like, names mean stuff. You know what I mean? And I just, I can't live with three men named Roy I mean, two men named Roy and a dog named Leroy. I just can't do it. I just can't. I mean, it's it's not it's not doable for me. And I don't know how Leah does it either. So, but here's the thing. Frida tells us that Leroy uh, had to have his medicine. The doctor gave him too much medicine, which made him sleepy. So, you know, Leah goes out there to see her. Oh, my God. It's Leah and Roy. Leroy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. 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 Why? (sighs) So Leah goes out there to see the fucking dog. And the dog is kind of floppy. He can't keep his head up. His eyes are rolling back and he's, he's labored breathing. And so Leah's like stressed. Like she's like, oh my God, oh my God, we need to call the vet. She calls Roy down. They have an intercom system. This is the type of shit I actually like to see, not the dog being sick. But I also, but when these, I look at these big ass homes, I want to see how you talk to each other. I want to see your intercom system. I want to see how people get in from the gate. I like, I want like small details like this. Um, I mean, obviously, like a dog's ill, so I, I guess I shouldn't be caring caring too much about his name or whatever or the intercom system but I'm just saying I'm curious about these types of things I wish we saw more of stuff like this on the housewives these days but we really don't we see more like I don't know my whole family eats out at at fast food restaurants and we all go to different fast food restaurants every I don't sure us too us too except we don't go to different fast food restaurants because we're poor we don't have enough gas like come on come on I like to see more like how people live. I want to see tours of Star Island um, homes. I want to see what you do when you have a boat. I want to see like you opening up your ski house. I want to see shit like that because those are outside of my experience. I can go to five fast food restaurants too today. In fact, I might. I mean, (laughs) so anyway. And I just fucking complained about Leah's jewels and how I want, I want to steal them. But I want to see those jewels. I want to see things like this. I don't want to see things that I can definitely do myself. Um, so she calls Roy down and Roy takes Leroy to the, to the, to the vet, to the vet hospital. And like Leah's distraught. It's her fucking dog. She's distraught. And just, she's she just, I mean, she's crying and Leah doesn't do shit like that. Not normally. Um, and just as, you know, just as other girls, just as like, um, Marisol and Mama Elsa get there, she's like bawling and Mama Elsa is holding her and stuff. I, I did have questions about why Marisol was there. She doesn't like Leah. 
She thinks Leah's being mean to her. She thinks Leah's spreading rumors about her. Leah's best friend is out here talking shit and she's in a fight with her. Why did you go there? And I think it's more like Leah is friend with Mama Elsa, not Marisol. That's interesting. And so let's think about who Leah is. And I've talked about this before, a smidge, about how Leah is somebody, they call her the mayor of Miami. She knows everybody. She's a mover and shaker. She's, she's a connector. That's another thing. She's a connector in terms of like getting people together. She uses a lot of connections for her charity and whatnot. Leah, I'm not saying she's not friends with anybody. I'm not saying that. But I, but she has achieved what I think it is Karen wants. Karen wants to know everyone and have some skin in the game with everyone and be able, and I don't know, have Gloria Estevan's phone and phone number in her in her cell phone, which she probably does because I guess she Gloria Estevan came to her as a, but you understand what I mean? Like to be able to call on anyone in Miami and to be able to get anywhere and to be known and stuff. And I think Leah has that. Um, but at what expense that you have to hang out with somebody like Joe Francis, right? You have to pretend like the disgusting thing Joe Francis does in his business life and his personal life, to be honest, have nothing to do with your friendship. He's so nice at the gala. And... Things like you're very good friends with Mama Elsa, but you don't like. What's Mama Elsa? Seventy, I would assume Leah's fifty. Is that a wrong thing to assume about her age? I assume she's fifty, and Marisol, late thirties, early forties, maybe, maybe forties. Okay, because Mama Elsa's in their seventies. I would think it just seems like. And Leah's married to a much older dude. So I just feel like Lisa, Leah runs in the older crowd, which also explains why she dismisses Lisa right away. Which also, and she's absolutely the type of person that would have been going to dinner at, at Jeffrey Epstein's house, you know? Regardless of what was out there about him, being like, well, I never saw him with a young woman doing anything. I mean, if I had, if I had to not go to, to the dinner parties of every Miami man I saw as a young woman, I wouldn't go to any dinner parties at all. That's the type of shit she would say. And I understand, like, that's a persona of hers. You know, that's who she is. But it doesn't make her endearing to me. And I, I love that I just had to go, I had, I'm, like, talking about this shit, like, like, right when her dog is getting ill and, spoiler alert, dying. But... I I don't know, I just I'm just thinking about what strange bedfellows Leah has and why she has them. It's money, it's access, it's celebrity. That's what it is. Okay, so you know, Mama Elsa hugs her and everything, and Leah gets it together just as the other girls arrive. Um, you know, Mama Elsa is telling her to speak positively and all that. Um So Joanna shows up and she thinks the reason Adriana didn't come is because she's embarrassed. Adriana's not embarrassed. Joanna, she thinks Joanna should be embarrassed. And I agree with Anna when she says that she can't believe Joanna showed up like nothing happened. Joanna is just like, if you look at her, she just seems, the thing is, and we'll get back to this, we'll talk about this later in the episode because they have a small conversation. I don't know that Joanna remembers everything that happened. 
Just the way she showed up was very, like, all of them showed up like this didn't happen the night before. It had, this, was this filmed out of order? They all showed up like they hadn't been out all night drunk and, like, fighting in, in a hallway in underwear. Like, their nips weren't all out. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but fine. Um, <laughs> Elaine shows up too. Y'all know how I feel about Elaine. I don't know why Elaine is in fucking drag. Yes, I do. Elaine's on TV. That's why Elaine's in drag. That's why James is in drag. Because he's on TV and he wants to be able to say, I was on The Real Housewives of Miami. He wants to be able to get, like, gigs. He wants that, um, what is it? That elevation from being on TV. I get that. But if we're pretending, like, the, the cameras aren't there, I'm like, why, why, why do you keep showing up to, like, regular events in drag? How long did it take you to get in this shit? Well, she was wearing a long dress, so Elaine probably wasn't tucked. I don't know. I just, I just still probably took more time than necessary. So the cosmic cheerleader starts doing his thing. And Mama Elsa can't take it. Because y'all know Mama Elsa is a spiritual leader, right? A spiritual healer, excuse me, not leader. Healer. Um, and she's like talking over him. Everything she he pulls out, she's like, I have one, two. I have three of them, and they're better than that. And... <laughs> Finally, she leans over and tells Lisa that she's going to read. She was going to read everyone, too, but she's not going to because she just doesn't want to be around here. He doesn't know what he's doing. Mama else is being fucking rude, rude. But I feel like Mama Elsa is at an age where a lot of people don't want to tell her she's being rude. I don't have a problem doing it, but <laughs> when she's she's older, she's el she's she's actually elderly um, she has health problems. I think people don't want to tell her she's being rude. Like, she, I bet she gets away with a lot of stuff. So, you know, um, he's calling up people. He asked Lisa. Lisa's obviously asked about the, the having a baby thing. Joanna asked about Roman because he's been avoiding her since the night before, which I think take to mean, and it was later confirmed that he just slept out and won't answer her text messages or phone calls. Um, Norman, cosmic cheerleader that he is, gets everything wrong about Joanna's stuff, like how they're hot together. Like, they never have sex. And, you know, just a bunch of stuff that I'm like, he just assumed, you know, and he's obviously wrong. I mean, I believe Mama Elsa when she says he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I don't think Mama Elsa always knows what she's doing either. Um, So finally calls up Mama Elsa. I don't even know why she went up there. I don't know why she didn't just say, you know what? No, 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 thank you. She has them close his eyes and they hold hands. And she says so they can elevate. And it looks like they're like, gonna fuck. I mean, everybody's just, <laughs> Leah, you know, it looks like they're gonna fuck, speak in tongues. It looked like a lot of shit was gonna happen. So he starts doing his vows, his A-I-O-U and sometimes Y. And she stops him and says, you know what? There is a combination of your soul and somebody else's soul right here. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> but you know what? He just says, uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, eventually Mama Elsa goes to sit down. <laughs> Leah ends up talking to Joanna and she says that Adriana is hurt. And, you know, Joanna's version of the story is a lot more vague than, like, I really do not believe she does not, I really don't believe she remembers everything that happened. I believe she was very drunk. Um, 
And Leah thinks that the story that that like Adriana's story and Joanna's story are very different or like far apart. But I don't. I think that yeah, maybe the part where they say who was cursing first and who got in whose face. But the actual thing about going down the hallway and like the slap, there's only one difference. Adriana says that she felt Joanna grab her and that's when she turned around and slapped her. And Joanna says that she didn't get a chance to touch her. And Adriana turned around and slapped her. And I was like, there's just one, there's just one key difference there. Um, it's not so different. So... You know, I later as as Joanna and Karen are getting ready, they go back over it. Joanna isn't doesn't really want to go to the gala, she, which I understand. She had a emotional night the night before. She's fight, she fought with like everybody at that fucking party. She's still fighting with Roman. He's not home, and like I wouldn't want to go either. Karen is thanking Joanna for her help, and I think it's funny because. It started off that Adriana wanted to have another go at Karen. And I rewatched this, so I, I probably missed this last, I somehow missed this last week, is that Karen asked, Adriana asked Karen to go to another place to talk, but Adriana, I mean, Karen didn't want to go. She said, we can talk here, it's fine. And it started as Adriana going after Karen but guess what? Karen stayed in the in the kitchen, which I would have too. Stay out of this mess. And it's Joanna that ended up getting slapped the fuck out of her. And so, like, she keeps going, oh, I'm so sorry this happened. I'm like, it's kind of her fault, but it's also kind of not her fault. You know what I'm saying here? Um, So the next thing, we're at the gala. And it's a fancy party, as expected. It's a fancy fucking party. It's more of, it. the gala, it, it really is a gala. And I'm not saying it's better than, than Lisa's party, but Lisa's party was just a fancy party, a fancy backyard party in underwear. And it was good for what it was, but this is just, they're just apples and oranges, really, to be honest to each other. And, you know, one of them has Queen Latifah. <laughs> I love Queen Latifah. Isn't it interesting how Queen Latifah just out here living? You know, Queen Latifah has made some bad fucking movies, right? But she's just out here doing her best, you know? Dana, who you calling a bitch? You and I, T-Y. I, 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 Queen fucking Latifah. And she's like on a show now. I just love, I just love that one, Queen Latifah just been living her life out here, not, not bothering nobody, doing her own fucking thing. Yes, I'm gay. None of your business. No, I won't do any interviews about it. That's my boo. You see her? <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. I wish Queen Latifah would scoop me up and take care of me. Shit. And so, <laughs> so, um, Anna and Marisol don't go to the gala. For obvious reason, Anna had, like, a pre-existing, like, I'm gonna say condition. She had a thing she was gonna go to, and so did Marisol. And Marisol didn't really want to go to gala anyway. Which I also under didn't understand why she went to Leah's house. I would just leave Leah alone. Um... But they're having a drink and then they're going to go to their other events. And, you know, basically, so they're just, they're just talking about where their relationships are. Um, Anna brings up that she and Robert are going to, that office that they were in was supposed to be temporary. It's time to be done. It's time to dissolve that partnership. 
and she's going to go off and do his thing and she'll do her things. And Marisol brings up, they've been separated for two years. They don't live together. They're, they're, they're not romantically involved. And this is the last thing. And honestly, I know, I know. <laughs> I have the papers. I have the divorce papers ready. I'm going to, just when the time is right. What fucking time, Anna? Listen, I agree with Anna. I empathize, I empathize with Anna. It's very hard to change, especially, like, I don't like change at all that I didn't initiate. <laughs> I hate when somebody else initiates change. I want to be in charge of the change. So I get it. I totally get it. But I think I would be easy, I'd be easier on Anna if Anna was saying the thing that's true. And it's this. Like, because she gets annoyed with everyone when they're saying, it's time for your divorce, it's time for blah, blah, blah. I think if she just said, I don't actually want to get a divorce and dissolve the, the business relationship because it's the last thing's keeping us together. And everything we did up until now, uh, you moving out, um, us dating other people, it always seemed like a baby step compared to this. And so I'm actually scared about what happens next. So I feel like when I put that, when I put the divorce, that puts, that puts the nail in the coffin. And when she keeps saying things like, I know I'm ready. I haven't, you know, it's not the right time. She's not saying, I feel like we will be crossing a threshold when the divorce is done. Even though in all, like, I don't want him. I could have stayed with him if I wanted him. I don't want him. He doesn't want me. We both moved on. We don't live together. We've kind of like worked out a system about what our lives are going to be like, but I just don't want to. Um, but she does acknowledge that you can't get or maintain a new relationship with this holding over you, and that's exactly right. Um, you have to be ready to give up the old life you had to get the new life. You have to. Sometimes, this is definitely inspirational Instagram, <laughs> but sometimes, like, you are holding on to things so tightly you have not opened your hand to receive something else. Um, and, you know, it's very easy for me to sit here and say that. It's so fucking easy because I'm not in a situation. It's hard to hear when you're in the situation. It just is. Um, they also talk about Marisol and Philippe who recently saw each other where he had shown up somewhere. She was drinking with clients or friends or something and she drank too much and he was going to drive her home and she didn't have her keys. So she ended up spending the night with him at her place at his place. And, you know, Anna calls bullshit on that right away that like, you know, cause in the area they're talking about, you could have gone to your, your mother's home. You could have spent the night there. You could have called someone to get you. I mean, you didn't have to do this, but you wanted to do it, which is very different in the way she's like for Marisol's presenting it. Like, Oh, there was no other way. But they had a talk and, you know, he was very emotional and he said, maybe it's time to sign the papers. And Marisol doesn't want to have another failed marriage, which I understand. Listen, Marisol, Marisol is the kind of girl who absolutely wants a fairy tale happy ending. You can just see it on her. She wants to be married. She wants to have a partner. She wants someone who buys her jewels and sweeps over her feet and stands next to her at parties and stuff like that. That's what she wants. And being married twice and divorced is not, was not in her plans. I get it. 
you know, one of the things that's like so fucking hard for me right now is how I really did like set my life up to be a certain way, you know? Um, I was very meticulous about my life. I chose the partner I have on purpose. I know I talk a lot of shit about him. We just talked about this. But I chose him for very specific reasons. I live in Austin. I chose it very specifically. Just my life is just... I put my life together meticulously. I think about everything. I have a plan A through Z. Because who knows what the fuck's going to happen. And then this pandemic came along and just was like, bitch, you don't know shit. This whole thing that you plan together perfectly. Every single one of these kids that I have, I have on purpose. Where I work, I work there on purpose. All this shit that you plan perfectly don't mean shit because there are no rules. And I know that everyone's like, people love to tell you there are no rules to make you be like, don't worry, you can do whatever you want. There are no rules. But I personally don't like that. I need a baseline. Why aren't there any rules? Where did the rules go? Y'all, nobody's been talking, y'all ain't thought about some new rules? Like we just supposed to go in here, it's supposed to be a blank page? I don't fucking like that. And I've just been thinking a lot about how like this pandemic has really, and it's not just me, it's everyone, has really just like <sighs> come in and you know how people in movies love to come up to like a desk or a table and just use their arm to push everything off the table and be like, ha! That's what this pan- it just came into my life and just pushed everything off the fucking table and was like, ha! Let's figure it out. And I don't want to figure it out. I don't like surprises. I don't like new shit. I don't like none of that. And it feels like every day is a new surprise, a new shit. Fuck your plans. Fuck your feelings. Fuck your five-year plan, bitch. Like, all that. I don't like it. And so, <laughs> Marisol, with Anna and Marisol, I understand. This isn't what you planned. However, you only get so long to do this. You know, I, I feel mopey a lot of times, but I still got to get shit done. I still got to come out here and do what I got to fucking do. And so we can pretend like we're not getting divorced all we fucking want to. But we're getting divorced. And we have to, like, look at what's on the other side. I've always found that it's easier to move forward if I know what I'm looking towards. That's why the fucking pandemic is so hard on me. Because I don't know what's going to happen next. Like, as far as, like, let's say I had to get a divorce. I'd be like, okay, well, this is what I want my life to look like after the divorce. So let's get to work on making it look that way. But... The pandemic says, I don't know what's going to happen. Anything can fucking happen. So there is no plan. I guess what I'm saying here is like, I wish I'm envious of being on the Marisol because as hard as it is, at least there's a way to look at that and be like, okay, well, this is what we should do. We should start trying to build this. And right now I don't know what the fuck's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Okay, so they're off doing that while the gala's going on. Adriana and Joanna see each other at the gala, and I mean, they don't, don't want, they both don't want any trouble, so it's fine. But I mean, they're both seeing similar things. They're saying they they've never been in a physical fight ever in their lives. Both of them are saying that they have scratches and bruises and whatnot. Frederick says that if he had been there, it would have been another story, and Joanna is lucky she's not in jail. 
you guys know how I feel about calling the police. And also, I just don't think this is worthy of people going to jail. I just don't. But I don't know what Adriana told Fred, Frederick. As we've, as we've seen, Adriana can be a spirited retailer. That isn't exactly the fucking truth. And of course, Joe Francis is there. He's sitting with Adriana because... Guys, Adriana's not a good person. I know that I am on, like, I'm on her side in certain terms of the slap. I feel like, yes, she did hit her. I feel like, I don't feel, I don't feel too bad about her hitting Joanna. But I don't think Adriana's a good person. I feel about her the same way I feel about Leah in that, like, the, the reason you can be friends with someone like a Joe Francis is because you don't even have a moral compass. You kind of just... Do what's easy and what's fun and what looks good. And it's easy and fun to be friends with somebody like that. Um, He goes over to Joanna, because Joanna sees him, and says, can we be friends? And Joanna says, leave me alone, which is exactly what I would have said to him. Um, First of all, if he wanted to make things right, he would have started with a fucking apology. Right? And, I mean... They didn't disagree about whether or not they slept with each other. And like I said, I think, I do believe that they've had some sort of sexual content. It just makes a lot more sense than the fact that they didn't. They've had some sort of sexual content. And that means, like, that could be oral, you know. Someone says slept with, and that can mean all kinds of fucking things. But, and so it wouldn't be surprise me if Joanna's saying, we never slept together, but I did blow you. And he's saying, well, she blew me one time, so we definitely were together. I can I can see the both of them being right in that situation and both of them also being wrong. But you still owe her an apology because regardless of whether you slept with her or not, you basically were like just casually throwing it out everywhere, embarrassing the fuck out of her in front of all these fucking people. And then, that was the night before, and then... Then you have the nerve to come up with her at to her at this gala where she doesn't want shit to fucking do with you. And just be like, can't we be friends? Like, she's like some crazy person that you're that you're just like, let's just forget all the bad things you've done to me. Can't we be friends? No. Come over here and apologize. Hey, so let's say Joe Francis is like, I definitely had sex with her and I don't know why she's lying about it. Even so, he could still walk over here and say, you know. It was not appropriate for me to like be talking like that. And I'm not trying to spread rumors and shit about you. I, if I could go back in time, I would not say it at all. And I don't want to be in a point where every time I see you, it's got to be beef. So I really like to apologize and promise you that we're just not going to have an issue with, I'm, I'm not going to do that shit again. Now, is that unring the bell? No, because you did the shit on TV. But... It's a place to start. She says she's going to sue him for slander. Lisa and Lenny said no one cares about what Joe Francis cares about Joe Francis. And they are right. Nobody really cares about Joe Francis. And you don't need to sue him for slander. It's just going to make the shit worse. Joanna's starting to tear up. I also think, so she thinks that Roman took it very seriously. And that's one of the reasons he's not talking to her. Again, I don't think she remembers much of that night because I don't think that's the reason Roman's not talking to her. Joanna's texting Roman saying that she loves him and she's sorry and he leaves her ass on red <laughs> and keeps doing whatever the fuck he's doing. 
she ends up leaving early. She's just not, I don't know, she's, she's, she's just not feeling it. She's probably fucking dehydrated. She's sad. She's fighting with everybody. Adriana's at the other table with Joe Francis talking about how you got to take a stand for something. The truth will prevail. Adriana, what is taking a stand to let people know you slept with a famous model supposed to be? Now, Joe Francis is so gross that I believe that if Joanna was a checkout girl, H-E-B, he'd be like, yeah, had sex with her. I, I think that's the type of shit he would say. But also, Joanna's very famous at this point. I That's part of the reason you wanted to let people know you slept with her. Because she's a famous person. You're trading on her fame. Um, I just think... Just because I think that it's true doesn't mean that I think he has the right to walk around like just throwing her private business out on, on TV in front of everybody sleazy like that. And I think it's rude. And that, and I think he's gross. Adriana, because, you know, Joanna starts crying and leaves. Adriana, while she's crying and about to leave, says that Joanna's life is crumbling because she's not a supermodel. She's a super whore or a super hooker. I hate when women talk about each other. I hate when anybody talks about women like this. I fucking hate it. This is not... What? What is this? I know it was 2012. I get that. I still... It, it, was, it would have been gross to me then. And also, Adriana. For someone who's been all over the world loving and living and laughing, I bet you we could get back into your... Go back and do, we can comb through your sexual history and find some problems back there too. Because we all have. Guys, I could, I could tell you stories. Did you be like, Prince, why the fuck did you do that? And I'd be like, girl, I do not know. At the time, it seemed like a good fucking idea. I was just basically playing myself. We've all had slept with people we wish we hadn't slept with. Or at least most of us do. Some of y'all, you know, Fuck somebody in high school, got married to him, you're still with him. Mazel. But for the rest of us who've actually had a little sex, there are people that we should not have had sex with that we, we regret. Mine isn't Joe Francis, but they've been gross. And so, and so I know Adriana has something similar in her past. So you over here comfortably calling her a super hooker and a super whore for what? And what is Joe Francis if she's a super hooker? What the fuck is he? So fucking gross. Adriana's gross too. Um, that's the end of the first episode. The next episode, Joanna's doing like um, a charity volleyball thing, which she probably does all the fucking time. She does like little shit like this. And one of the sponsors has something to do with Bimini and invites her down to Bimini, which I guess is a, an island of some sort off of Miami. And um, it's kind of a setup for a girl's trip. Um, Karen and Lisa show up to support her during her celebrity charity volleyball thing. And they ask about Roman. Roman still isn't feeling it. Um, he's not coming home. He's not like talking to her. I, I also think that Joanne is not taking a lot of responsibility for what happened to her. Like she, she didn't just fight with 
with uh, Adriana. She had a skirmish with Marisol. She fought with Joe Francis. And then she, at different times, fought with Roman and Marta as they were trying to calm her down. So, like, she's, like, trying to figure out what could be eating Roman. And I'm like, dude, it wasn't that Joe Francis said you slept with him, even though that was gross. But I don't think Roman blamed you for that. Like, I don't think Roman was like, what? Joanna's had sex before me. Huh. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case at all. I think Roman knows that you've had a whole lot of fucking life. You're a very beautiful woman. You've been a lot of places. And it's not like you were sitting there with a plastic wrapped vagina waiting for him. Because he certainly wasn't plastic wrapping his genitals waiting for you. So I don't think that's what it is. I don't think, and I even don't even think that he was embarrassed by you fighting with Adriana. What I think it was is overall, you fight all the time and you're drinking. And I think that he's like, every time he goes out with you, you're a mess. I think that's what it is. But I, but she's really just being like, these people were picking on me and Roman didn't like it. And so now he won't talk to me. And like, that, if that's the truth, that doesn't even sound like the truth. If that's the truth, that makes Roman crazy. Um, we get a scene with Anna moving out of the office and sniffling. Guys, I want to know why she had a framed picture of the words, real love stories never have endings in her office. Listen, I'm sure Anna did fine as a lawyer. Like, not everything has to be the good wife, okay? It's, that's not how, the, how I will imagine, like, 80% of lawyers out there operate. They operate in small offices with people who just, you know, they need documents done and stuff. It's not like people come in their sharp suit and say, I'm on trial for murder in Chicago. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it doesn't have to be some slick offices. I, that's not what I think a lawyer is anyway. That said, I would not have hired Anna to do anything. Because I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Real love stories don't have endings. What? No. That, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like well, Anna. It just seemed like if I knew Anna and I was her friend. And she was like, look what I'm going to put in my office. I'd be like, don't put it in your office. Don't do that. Nobody wants to look at that. While you're doing their divorce. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> um, you know, Anna's just crying, sniffling her away and packing up. And I just don't have a lot of patience for it. I empathize. I don't have a lot of patience for it. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't cry if, like, I was going through a transition like that. Because, like, I cry at the wildest things. I cry. There are, like, three things that can absolutely make me cry. Um... Wallace from The Wire. <laughs> People keep debating about whether Michael B. Jordan is hot or not. He does not look hot. He looks like a bunny rabbit. He looks like a big bunny rabbit to me. What Michael B. Jordan, every time I look at him, I see Wallace. I see that they pop Wallace down in the fucking vacants for no fucking reason. <laughs> and I'm going to stop talking about it because I'm going to fucking cry. Um, True Thompson. Chloe's baby <laughs> gets me so emotional. I just don't think anybody's taking care of her well enough. I think, I think strangers on the internet call her like the ugliest baby. She's not ugly. She is so fucking beautiful. She's a little ball brown. She's a little brown ball of love. And I just think her daddy has a Jamaican dick. 
and he's just slinging everywhere. And I think like him being around is going to be worse for her than, than not. And I think her mama's face changes every week. And her mom's always on the internet looking like a shih tzu. And I just don't think nobody's taking care of that baby. I don't think anybody's taking care of that baby. Like, I might fall for custody of her. There's a third thing that makes me cry. But I can't think of it right this second. There is, because I was thinking about it this week. And I was like, oh my God, stop thinking about that before you start crying. But, like, I get it. I, I watch This Is Us So I Can Cry and pretend like I'm crying about a show or a million little pieces. I watch that too. I watch both of those shows so I can just like, you know, a little, little tears and I can pretend like I'm not crying about shit in my own life. I get it. I might have cried, but like, I don't have any patience for you sitting here crying with, with everybody here. I feel like you should have done that shit by yourself. Just like, wait till Robert's not here and just, and just cry when no, like, I just don't have the patience for the show, the theatrics, the theatrics of it. My nine-year-old is an actress. That's what I always say about him. <laughs> and I say actress because of this, um, this bit, um, that Jenna, Jenna Maroney used to do on 30 Rock. And... That's how I think of him as an over dramatic actress. And like, he's always, you know, somebody trips, somebody falls on the ground. like, oh, I'm dying. Like th- that. And that's how I feel about Anna. I'm like, Anna, I get that you have emotions. I think that you are overplaying these fucking emotions right now. And if this is really what it is, you should have done this by yourself. But so she's backing up and Robert said, Robert's just looking at her. He don't know what to fucking think. Um... You know, he he tells her it's she's like offering him the lubriderm and he's looking down and around. He's looking he's like it's not like anyone died. She says it's very scary. Um again I have I agree with her. I understand all these feelings. I just don't have the patience to watch this. And he says, Remember that when we separate a house and everything, we're still gonna be friends. And when we separate the house, it was hard. And then when everyone got settled and everything's great. He said, We're still gonna be friends. We're still going to see each other. Just breathe. And I agree with him. And he says, you get to go off and do whatever you want to. Get, you know, date Republicans and whatnot. Which I thought was interesting. Because <laughs> she just looked at him. I guess her new boyfriend's a Republican. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they have a couple of drinks and it's done with. I, Anna, too much. So, Oh, and she's like, oh, well, I'm just really upset because you can't live without me. I need to take care of you. And he's like, he just starts laughing. And he's like, you're the one who looks like Tammy Faye Baker. Like, this is going to be fine. Anna has a lot of ownership over Robert. That is very, that is strange because they're going to be separated for two years. That she still thinks that she needs to take care of him and, you know, make things easier. And I... I don't think that's that healthy. I like, I think all her feelings are understandable. They're all true. Um, feelings can be valid and, and also the way you're handling things can't be healthy. I, she needs to get in therapy and I'm not saying therapy's going to fix her. Therapy doesn't just fix people, but she needs to get in therapy and, and like try to find a way to explore these feelings about how she feels so much responsibility for this man who is not even her husband anymore. And it's not even her lover anymore. She's, he's moved on and so is she. And yet she's afraid, like she's 
literally crying in his office because she doesn't want to separate offices from him because he needs her. Meanwhile, he seems to be fine. And I know this is a personal weakness of mine because apparently I'm an eight. And we're all scared of being hurt. Which is actually kind of true. Like, everything I do is, like, just, uh, it's just me trying not to be hurt. Like, trying to make a plan so that I don't have to be hurt and scared. Trying to keep people at a correct, at a correct, uh, distance from me so they can't hurt me and everything. So, like, I know where this is coming from, but, like, also, I would be embarrassed to be on TV like this. I would be this embarrassed to be crying in front of Robert like this. Even if I felt those feelings, I would be embarrassed to be openly crying in front of him saying that he needed me. As he was like, actually, no, I don't. And my girlfriend's waiting for me to get home. So, like, can I move these boxes to your car? Or, you know, like, that's embarrassing. I don't think Anna realized how embarrassing she was on TV. Um, and maybe, like I said, that's a personal thing where I would, I would die rather than let people know I felt this deeply about somebody or I was in this stage. I would be fine for me to talk about it later where I'd be like, yeah, I cried doing this because I was still in a, I was still very raw space. I don't want to be seen in that. I don't want to be that vulnerable. And maybe this makes Anna stronger than me because she can be this vulnerable and not be embarrassed, but I would be fucking embarrassed. Um... So back at the volleyball thing, Roman finally shows up and they talk about everything. I'm assuming production made him go. It didn't seem like he wanted to come. I feel like production finally texted him and was like, you got to come film the scene. And they walk off to the little beach. Do they? And it's just like the last time they fought. I'm like, do they hash out all your shit at the beach? Um, I mean, they are in Miami, so maybe they do hash out everything at the beach. But Roman says Joanna didn't deserve for him to come and she needs to have a and she needs to find some positive energy because she was like, let's talk on the beach to get positive energy. And she says she knows he's a Scorpio because he's cold. And when he's mad, he's mad. And I think that reveals a lot about Joanna, which I've, I've been saying. I think Joanna grew up in an environment where people screamed at each other a lot. And they would say, like, really fucking mean things to each other. And then 15 minutes, they'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. What do you want to eat? And... I think people who live like that, who who have tempers that just like can ignite at any moment and then immediately calm down, think that that's like a strength of theirs that they can just be really mad and all of a sudden just be like, let's get some pizza. You want to watch this show with me? But it's actually not because what happens is that if you're not used to being around this screaming and, and arguing and people saying vicious fucking things to you and just expecting you to forget it later, like that doesn't do, and not even being used to it. You might be used to it, but it doesn't roll off of everyone's backs like that. And I don't think it rolls off a Roman's back like that. And so, you know, to Joanna, if we have a big fight and you like leave me at a party and go... I should be able to text you in two hours and go get tacos with you. And for Roman, he's like, no, I'm mad enough to leave this fucking, leave you here. So time out for you. Um, Roman says she pushed him away. She was swearing and yelling. And she's a hothead. And she says she was defending herself. And Roman says that she says the most horrifying things and doesn't remember. And he brings it back to her drinking. He says, like... Getting into a fight and having a bad night is okay because everyone fucks up. He makes mistakes too. 
but he doesn't want her to drink around him anymore. And I thought they already had this conversation, but I guess not. Um, I get. I think he already told her she cannot drink around him. No, he told her that Marta can't come back to Mint, and she can't. She can come to Mint, but she can't drink at Mint. And he's like, now he's like, you can't drink around me at all. I think you know. Joanna says, yeah, I understand. We're having. I have a problem with alcohol. I think that. Yeah, she does. But I also think that when the people around you start trying to give you ultimatums around your drinking, that's really something to look at because the nature of drinking, especially binge drinking when we're younger and everything, is that you are going to have, like, some shit happen to you. But Joanna's not that young. Joanna's, like, in her 30s, no? And I just feel like We, they are saying that Joanna has a drinking problem, but in a very casual way. And, you know, maybe what I'm looking for is for Joanna to be like, yeah, I do have a drinking problem. I need to see somebody or I need to, to like get some help with this, but it's more like, well, just don't drink around me. And I don't know why that's surprising to me because I think that when you have any kind of addiction or issue like that, you start putting like. Uh, qualifiers on it and you'll be like well I can't drink I just can't drink more I can't mix light and dark I can't mix beer and liquor or I'll just keep the two drinks when I go out like you start making like little little promises to yourself well I just won't drink when I go here I won't drink when I have to work the next morning and I I think everybody starts there and what happens is sometimes you can't keep those promises and things get worse. I don't know. I think I I really in real life, I do not show up around people and go, I think you got a drinking problem. I don't do that in real life because like it's a lot of shit is none of my business. I will say that Joanna reminds me of a friend I have that I don't really fuck with anymore. She's an old friend. Um Sometimes she comments on my Instagram because I didn't block her, but I don't answer any of her phone calls. Um, I don't answer any of her text messages. A long time ago, she commented on a Facebook thing that said, because I was talking about how, like, you know, we make time and space for the things we care about and how, as a friend, I am very good about making time and space for my friends because I care about them. And when I don't, I don't care about you. And she, she had commented something like, well, you know, sometimes you don't call me back. And I had to write under the comment that you know exactly why I don't call you back. And if you want to have a conversation about it, we can. But here's the thing, guys. She knows, she knows why, but she was drunk when I told her. Like, I had the conversation with her. She was drunk. She doesn't remember. And the reason I don't really fuck with her anymore is because she had a drinking problem for as long as I've known her. And I'm confident in saying she had a drinking problem. I don't think she's listening to this. But if she is, I know you have a drinking problem. And it's not up to me to be like, oh, you can't drink. I don't, like, that's not... I think a lot of times when, when people think about boundaries, they think boundaries is telling somebody else what they can do with themselves. That's not what it is. I mean... It, it's not exactly what it is. Boundaries is telling people what you're comfortable with 
and what you're going to do, where the line is and what you're going to do if they cross the line. So like my mom, right? My mom's in recovery and has been so for a very long time, but the standing boundary is that I'm not going to, I don't fuck with my mom if she's not in recovery. My mom's using drugs. I don't fuck with her. That's it. And that could be my mom's 61 this year. If when my mom's 75, she starts drinking and using drugs, I'm done with her. And that's not so that she'll stop using drugs, right? Liz talked about this last week on Feathers in My Hair. She talked about Ryan from Teen Mom and his parents and how his parents setting boundaries, not setting boundaries. People think his parents are enabling him. And the enabling mean is the reason he's using drugs. They are enabling him. It's not the reason he's using drugs. People use drugs because they use drugs. That's it. Like, there are all kinds of fucking reasons, but the, but the, what it all boils down to is because they do. Somebody, I think it was Rachel, sent me a Instagram post of Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen is on um, couples therapy. And she has a sister who's also like a, we, we think it's her sister, who's also like a public therapist, like a, a celebrity therapist. And her son OD'd and died. And on the post, she's talking about how he got the drugs on Snapchat and order them from somebody else and the person delivered to her house. And she's talking about how people need to know the dangers of Snapchat. And I'm like, oh, like, don't you know that if he wanted to get drugs on LinkedIn, he would? If he wanted to get on Neopets and get drugs, he would. Like, it's so interesting how people think, like, if I just get rid of this thing, if I just get rid of Snapchat, then people won't have access to drugs. If I just tell people that if they don't stop using drugs, then that I won't let them come over my house and they'll stop using drugs. No, that's, I mean, maybe, but it has more to do with them than you. The boundaries are not, I will not do these things so that you will stop using drugs. The boundaries are like, is that you make your choices in life. But for me, I can only go this far with you. And once we get to this line, I have to tell you what I have to do next. And for this person, I just could not be like a part of it. It was, their life was so fucking wild. And it was, it was a type of wild that when I was like 22 and I just feel like, oh, cool. Like she's just a little wild, blah, blah, blah. You know, things happen. It all happens to all of us. We all lose our car sometimes. We all throw our wedding ring into, you know, into the bar sink at a bar we're at because we're mad at our husband or whatever. Like, the stuff that, that happened a lot, if I were 22, I would have I found a way to, like, get over it. But then, we weren't 22, though. We were in our 30s, and she was older than me. And things just got rough and rough, like... One day she called me, well, it's just stuff had happened and she needed help and I was, and I'm like, she needed a large sum of money, which is not really my thing. I don't like to lend money. I I prefer to just give it to you because I don't want the expectation of getting it back. 
I am a cheap person, but if I like, I have to give you money. If it's a choice between lending and giving you, I'd rather give it to you because I don't want to have to deal with like, because you're not gonna like me if I have to try to get it back from you. And because she'd had a drunken night and she like buried her car keys in the backyard so she wouldn't drive. It's like she'd had so many DUIs. She was at the point where she was like blowing into the car and shit. And like even one day, this is. This is back when I lived really close to her and I and I hung out with her all the time. She wanted me to blow into it. And I was like, well, why? And she's like, well, I'm like, it's in the morning. <laughs> like, why would I need to blow in this to, for you? Or like, do you need me to drive? Like, like I just want to have a conversation where I'm understanding, like, one, why do you need me to blow into this? And two... Why would that be the plan? What if if you are at a point where you can't where you are going to drive drunk or like you're you you can't drive, why can't we why can't I just give you a ride? Why can't I call you a cab? Like I'll give you a ride now and come pick you up. It's not a big deal. I'll come pick you up this afternoon. No no biggie. Don't worry about it. And it was that um she wasn't a good friend when she was drinking. She would say one thing and do another. You couldn't count on her for shit. She she just, she was just, and it wasn't that she was drinking all day every day, right? It was that when she was drinking, she didn't have, she didn't have an off button. She just didn't. Um, and then one day, at this point we weren't living, I was in Chicago, I think she was in North Carolina at this point. You know, even when I don't live around you, I'm a good friend to you, so... Like, I spoke to her on the phone. I would coach her through things. I would just be her friend. And one day I couldn't find her. She wasn't on social media. And, like, I'm calling her. I'm like, where the fuck is she? And she had gotten into a fight with this. She always was, like, attached to these men. Like, when I met her, she'd married some guy just... For benefits, he was in the military. He was in love with her, and she wasn't in love with him. But she decided to marry him anyway. They're together, and you know it's not going well. She's cheating on him all the time. And then that broke up, and she started dating somebody else. And she was trying to marry them immediately. And I was like, "You're only trying to marry them immediately because you want to get your life back to where it used to be right before this." And that's the only reason you don't want to marry this dude. He's like a cook and fucking. At a, at a chain restaurant. Don't do this. Just chill. And then she's dating some dude in the military. And it's way younger than her. And they're always fighting and stuff. And I guess they got into a fight. Who's a Marine. They got into a fight. And she got arrested. For, she was blackout drunk. For domestic violence. And she was in jail. Is where she was. And, like, I was the only one looking for her. I mean, he knew where she was, but, like, her mom couldn't find her. Her mom was just like, oh, you know how she is. And anyway, a bunch of more things happened. And I st- I, 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 she was in my life longer than she should have been, to be honest. And I really, I think I really, really, really stopped fucking with her. Like, I was, I had distanced myself from her previously. And, but I really was like, I can't, I can't do this with you. 
after I started having kids because I was like, um, just that I, I really couldn't, I don't know. I just really couldn't spend all this time pouring into her. I need to be other places. I had many other things happening and like I had the conversation with her. I told her that like, you know, I pour into you. You don't pour into my cup. I pour into yours. Um, and I said, I don't think you're a good friend, especially when you're drinking. I'm worried about your drinking. I've been telling you that for years. And we're just at the point now where I'm unsure of what else I can do. And, like, the point isn't that, like, oh, you need to stop drinking right now. Like, I do think you need to stop drinking. But, like, I can't participate with you anymore. Like, she... I don't know. She just always had a lot of wild shit going on. And it was at the point where, like, she was calling me in the middle of the night. Like, uh, she'd always have some dudes with her. Oh, that guy, the, the one that she was fighting and living with and all kinds of crazy shit, killed himself. Um, she'd always have, like, some man with her, like, that she was hopping from. And he'd be like, she'd be like, hey, PJ. Some of my friends call me PJ. A lot of my friends call me PJ. Hey, PJ. And there's just some dude yelling in the background. I'd be like, do you know there's like a, I know there's a time difference, but it didn't matter. She's on the East Coast. And I'd be like, but do you know that like, girl, that like, it's late? <laughs> and like, you're calling me. Is this an emergency? And then there'd be times where like, I wouldn't answer the phone. So when I first like set the battery, when I answer the phone, she would call over and over and over and over and over again. I don't know. I'm rambling, guys. I'm sorry. But... This whole, like, Joanna reminds me a lot of that friend. And to this day, sometimes she will comment on my Instagram. And I'll just, I don't do anything. I just, like, I had a conversation with her. I believe she was drunk. And she just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. But again, like, what I'm saying is that my boundary isn't about, like, first of all, I'm not enabling her because I'm not enabling her to keep having a life. Um... I've had conversation with her about how stunted her life is, how, so if I'm 40, she's a little older than me, she's probably 41, if I'm 40, she's still waiting tables, I think, she's still running around these military dudes, they get younger and younger every year, she's still, like, all her friends are in their 20s now, because they don't realize that when you're in your early 40s, that... And doing the same shit you did when you were in your 20s. Something's wrong there. They don't realize that because they're in their 20s. Like, this all seems normal to them. And they'll just keep getting older and older and older. And she'll age out of them and get a new set of 20-year-old friends. And, you know, I think she's still doing the same stuff. Same places. I I don't think she... Again, I don't think she listens to this and I'm not trying to hurt her feelings. But I am saying that, like, I had to set a boundary for myself. I had to conserve my energy for all the shit I have going on instead of like, I don't know, bailing you out of jail from across the country. Um, talking to you as you're crying drunk in the middle of the night. Um, trying to like, 
be supportive when you're telling me you lost another job and you know it's not because of your drinking. Yes, you drank at the job, but that's what that's sometimes what you do. And da 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 da. And and that's not why you get like you know what I'm saying. And so like the boundary I set with my mom is that like I'm just not gonna go on a roller coaster with you. I'm just not going to. And that's the same one I set for this person. And I think the whole point I was trying to like again I've been rambling. The whole point is that like. Boundaries are for you, not for the other person, right? So I'm not setting a boundary so you'll stop drinking. I'm not in charge of the drinking. Uh, if my mom wants to do drugs, I'm not in charge of the fucking drugs. She is. Those are choices she makes with her life. I don't, not that I don't care. I do care. I care very deeply. But I have relinquished control about whether other people are going to drink into drugs. That's, that's up to them. They'll deal with those consequences whether if there are some. But my boundary is that I don't want to be around somebody who's drinking so out of control that I'm, like, staying up late night worrying about them. I'm taking phone calls. I have to bail you out of jail. Um, you know, I'm at my kid's fucking peewee basketball game, and I have to step out in the hall because you're crying because yet another 22-year-old Marine is cheating on you. And you wouldn't even know that, dude, if you didn't spend all your time out and about doing whatever. You know, like... Being drunk with 20-year-old guys, like, making bad decisions. I, I, I just don't have that space for that, so I'm going to have to say no thank you. And to bring this back, because I was talking about Ryan there from Teen Mom, is that the boundaries are for the person that is giving them, not for the person that is taking them. So, like, his parents absolutely should set some boundaries and say, I am, if I were them, I'd say, listen, I'm a big part of my son's life. I am going to, I mean, your son's life. And I'm going to work with his mother so that we still get to spend time with him. And I'm not going to get involved in whether you get to spend time with him because I can't control that. I can't control your relationship there. I can also say you can't come... I don't want you at my house if you're high. I can also say, you can, I'm not going to lend you. I'm sure he doesn't need money, but a lot of times people will say, I won't lend you money. I, you know, just whatever it is that I'm not going to do. That's what I'd say to him. I'd be like, I'm not going to do that. And whether or not he continues to use drugs, I mean, that's up to fucking him. That's on him. I also think it's so interesting that people think that, that if, you know, not everybody who's using drugs is being enabled by somebody. What do you think? Who do you think is enabling those those long-time drug addicts that are long-time homeless drug addicts that are on the street? Nobody's enabling them. And also, one of the hallmarks of addiction is how, how you do shit you never thought you were going to fucking do. You'll tell yourself all the time all the shit you wouldn't do and then you do it. There's shit I promised myself I'd never do and I've done. Promised. I just think it's so, I'm sure that there are a lot of homeless people that didn't know that they could be homeless. And I don't mean know that it's possible they could be homeless. They didn't think they would survive on the streets. And somebody like Ryan, what if, what if his parents cut him off? Like, I'm not fucking with you anymore. His wife is like, you have to leave and get out. I'm not going to live with you anymore. Um, Macy says, I'm not going to film anymore if you're filming him. Um, so he's not on the show. 
and he doesn't have a place to live and suddenly is homeless. Yo, why am I fucking surprised you lived 10, 20 years on the fucking streets? Like, literally on the streets. He, he might surprise you and actually be a resourceful homeless person. Now, I know he's a fucking lump, that he's a mama's boy lump. It doesn't do shit that, that everyone thinks is really soft. And so they assume that as soon as he has to sleep outside one night, he'll be like, he'll, he'll be like I'll never do drugs again. I don't know, dude. I don't know. A lot of people are in a lot of places they never thought they'd be. And I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's the whole point of my ramble. Boundaries are for the person giving them, not for the person receiving them. And so I can't imagine me wanting to be around Joanna. I think she's beautiful. She can be funny too, but because nightlife is so important to like living in Miami, it's a nightlife city. She's in entertainment because night and she's dating a, a club owner. And like, I just, I just couldn't believe that she wouldn't be drunk all the time. And I just couldn't handle her drunk. I just couldn't. Uh, Roman says, you can't drink around me. I don't think that's going to work. I think in a couple of weeks, she's going to be drinking around you. And I think that says something about, I think that says something about her relationship to drinking. I also like, as, as Joanna is having this conversation with Roman, she's like a little meek little kitten. She just wants him to say, everything's going to be fine. She, that's all she wants is to be, is to make up with him. She'll say anything. She really will. I don't know that necessarily means she's going to stop drinking. And, you know, that's it. They make up. And then they kiss. So Lisa goes over to talk to Karen about her ovaries and her lack of baby making. She says that Karen is a good listener and nurturer. Um, she's miscarried three times. No one knows why. It's sad. I don't have a lot more to say about that. I, I don't have much more to say. Oh, one thing. People, if you listen to people, they will think all kinds of things about you. They'll think you're wonderful, especially men. I know Lisa's not a man, but especially men. If you just sit there and just nod and listen and let someone talk to you, people will love you. And we'll talk about a little, that a little more later. Um, Leah's still dealing with Leroy being sick. She gets a call that he's not going to make it. She has to go down, probably to put him down. He just keeps crashing. He's not gonna. He's not going to survive. And later we see Frida, Leah looking for Frida. And she says that she's been, uh, she's had Frida for 18 years. Frida has two assistant maids, a driver, a credit card, and Leah has built a wing on her church. And she's like, well, who, who else has that? I'm like, Zoila. Jeff Lewis's maid, Zoila. Um... She's talking to Frida and and about a ceremony for Leroy. Apparently, Leah got there right before Leroy died. And she tells Frida, no more dogs. And I feel you. It's too fucking hard. My kids want, my family wants a dog right now. Not having it. Not fucking having it. After my dogs died, I was, I thought I was never going to have a dog again. And then I got Watson. You guys remember I had a little cute, he was like a rat terrier or something or chihuahua. I don't fucking know. It's a cute little puppy, and I made a big mistake with him. Should have never gotten him. I should have never gotten a puppy, and he didn't like anybody but me. 
I could have never fostered again with him. He was gonna, he would have bitten someone in the fucking face. He was always getting out. He taking years off of my life. I was like in the streets looking for him day and night. And it just, I was terrified he was gonna, he was gonna die of thirst to get run over all this fucking instruction, drink coolant or something. I couldn't even fucking sleep. I was so fucking afraid something was going to happen with this fucking dog. He was getting out left and right. And uh, my husband's racist friend took him over to his mom's house, and that's where he is now. And he's very happy there. Uh, he's got a lot more room, and it's very hard for him to get lost because the where she lives, you know, I hate to say in the country because it sounds like we killed him, but <laughs> where she lives is um, just like, a lot of Texas is on highways. She kind of lives on a highway, and she's out. And, like, he has a lot of – it's not a highway, like, like, like where he can get hit. But it's, like, you know, one of those, like, two-lane things. And she's got, like, quite a bit of land. She's back up from it. And so, like, he can be – he gets a lot of running time, and it's only her there. So Watson – is like one of those dogs that only wants a person. Like he only cares about one person. And so all he has to care about is her. And they don't have a lot of his. Like she's, he's so much fucking happier. I bet he wouldn't even fucking recognize me. But um, he was an absolute fucking mistake. I should have never gotten a puppy. I don't even like puppies. I prefer older dogs. I always have. And yeah, like right now my family wants a dog. They're like, we should get a dog. And I'm like. We should not get a dog. There are too many people living here as it is. And I'm going to be in charge of the dog. And I don't want to be in charge of a dog. And we can't get a dog unless it would be like a very special dog. It had to be an older dog. It had to be a dog that's ready to be in a seven-person family. There are seven people in this fucking house that can deal with, like, a lot of kids. That also is house-trained. That You know what I'm saying? Like, these smaller dogs won't cut it. I've mostly had smaller dogs just because... They're more portable, but these smaller dogs probably aren't going to cut it. Not with this this big David and Goliath fucking four-year-old I've got. And, like, so we need a bigger dog, and that means we need more space for it. And just the logistics don't go. And I told everybody, I was like, it's not that we're never going to have a dog again, although I don't think we're ever going to have a dog again. But <laughs> it's not that I don't think we're ever going to have a dog again. But, one, I'd like my youngest to actually... I don't know, being the first grade. He's like three years away from the first grade. I like him to be a cert of a certain age first so that I can, like, make sure he's not doing shit like pulling dogs' tails or trying to ride a fucking dog, you know, which is a perfect reason for a dog to bite the fuck out of you. Um, someone was actually asking me about fostering dogs. Now that I'm not fostering kids anymore, and I was like, I don't know. I don't see myself doing that. I really don't. I... I believe in volunteerism. I'm going to get myself into something. I gave my month, myself the month of February off. I've got some ideas of some things I can do in a pandemic. I don't think I need to foster dogs. I don't think so. But anyway, I don't see us getting a dog for maybe five years maybe. And then it's got to be a very special dog. And so it's going to take a long time. But Leah, I'm sure Leah got another dog. People, dog people do this. I've had a dog for so many years. It's just how it is. Dog people do this. You just get your, you know, you get your feelings hurt. You get, you get sad. You, you know, it's hard to say goodbye to a dog. She had uh, Leroy for 13 years. That's how long I had my dog mama. I had her for a fucking long ass time. It's very hard to say goodbye. 
I let strange white people hug me when it happened. That's how out of it I was. They just put their hands on me. And I let them. And when I told my mom about it, she was like, what? I was like, it was an emotional moment. <laughs> like, it was, it was fucking difficult. Everyone was very good to me, but it was just very fucking hard. And so I understand where Leah is. Am I still mad she named that dog Leroy? Yeah. But I get it. Um, they end up having a home going, which is a very black thing to do. I don't know if you guys know what home goings are. It's a black thing. I think Southern people might do it too. A lot of, they're like, the Venn diagram of black and Southern is very, I don't know. There's a lot of things in common there. Like you can be black and some of the things that you think of as exclusively black are actually Southern things. And you know the reason why. Um, great migrations. So... Um, they have a home going and it's the idea that you're not throwing a dead body into the ground and more that you are celebrating that, uh, someone's spirit is going home to Jesus, I guess. Um, Frida speaks in Spanish and says he was just like a human being. Adriana's there with her son, says she was scared of Leroy. <laughs> I'm sure Leroy was yappy and mean and only like Leah just like fucking Watson. Um, Leah says he slept with me every night. And RJ's like, yeah, or me. And Leah's like, yeah, he slept with me or RJ every night. And then RJ's like, or Frida, or on the couch, or on the rug by the refrigerator, or in the rolls in the garage. Sometimes he'd go to his other family's house, etc., etc., etc. RJ. <laughs> no one's asking you to be super accurate at the fucking dog's home going. Calm down, RJ. <laughs> Only a way a kid can do that shit to you. Um, after that, or doing, during actually, Daisy is doing her consultation for the lipo with uh, Lenny and Lisa there. Daisy's lost 60 pounds. Six, losing 60 pounds ain't no fucking small feat. Daisy is on her shit. She lost 60 pounds. And they start talking about the lipo. And turns out Daisy's had lipo. Daisy's had lipo twice. Once she had her in her stomach and once in her whole body. Bitch. <laughs> wow. What a usual suspects moment where I'm thinking like, Daisy, these people are using you for a story. Daisy, get away from these people. Turns out Daisy really was using them to get lipo. She was looking for some lipo. So they do the consult for that. Just, they show her stomach or whatever. She, so she had lipo and then I think she had a kid and, you know. You really want to get your plastic surgery after you've done, you know, done had all your kids stuff. But here's the problem. You get your plastic surgery. It looks so good. Somebody put a baby in you. That's what happens. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, she's also thinking about getting some lines on her eyes done and. Lisa's like, no, you're beautiful. You're fine. We'll just help you with your stomach. But I'm, I also think Lenny, Lenny's like, first of all, in a fucking suit. And he looks like, he looks like John Cena in the suit. Not as bad as John, but like, John Cena loves a fucking suit. He's got all those muscles and shit. He looks like a toddler. Like, he, the suit don't ever, it looks like his hands don't go to his face. That's what Lenny looks like. I think Lenny's been doing steroids. Um... You can infer what I think about John Cena from that. Anyway, please don't. Guys, don't tell John Cena about this. He will come and crush me. He will come and pop my head right off my body. Um, but Lenny looks more like 
Uh, bitch, I am not going to give you a whole new body. You over here talking about all this surgery you're getting. I know we promised you some lipo or something. I don't know what the contract is with Bravo, what Lisa's been out here offering people, but that is as far as it goes. I am not. <laughs> this is not bridalplasty. I'm not giving you a whole new body. This is not the swan, bitch. <laughs> you're getting this lipo a little bit right on the stomach, and that is it, and off we go. <laughs> Ooh, that was it. It was a throwaway scene. I just thought when they when they revealed that Daisy had all the play, I was like, girl, Daisy's playing a long con. She scoped y'all out and was like, Y'all need a housekeeper. And all this shit. So Karen is home bullshitting with her mom and then Alexia calls. Uh, which is interesting because, you know, the last couple of times they've seen each other, they've been getting into it. And she says she wants Karen to come over so they can talk it out. And Karen had the right instinct by being like no, bitch. I'm not coming over there. She doesn't like you, Karen. There's no need for you to go over there and find out why. She just don't fucking like you. Um, but Alexia is like, we need to figure this out. We need to work this out. So come over and let's fight. And Karen agrees. Girl, no. And so all the girls go over to Alexia's house. And Alexia looks amazing. Alexia is so tall. She's so blonde. She's got on like this crochet dress. Alexia is beautiful, bitch. Um, so Marta shows up and I'm like, why the fuck is Marta here? Is Marta on the show? Marta's like a side character. Why is she here? And, and everyone seems to be fine with that. But then Joanna walks in and everyone's like, oh, Joanna's here. And I'm like, why are you shot that Joanna's here? She's on the cast. Now, if I saw Marta, I wouldn't be shocked that Joanna shows up behind her because they kind of a package deal, even though they don't live together. They don't, quote unquote, live together. I don't think Marta's really staying at Lisa's house. I think that's show shit. But everyone's like, oh, hey, Marta. Thanks for coming to a party that doesn't have anything to fucking do with you. And then like, Joanna. That's weird. Um, so, you know, they all sit down. Marisol kicks it off because she says she's upset about the article. She says that the stuff that was said and they called them all fame seekers, which I understand why everyone would be upset for Karen calling people fame seekers when it's exactly what they think she is. Um, Karen says she didn't know that the woman was a reporter. And Marisol says that for her client, she sends pictures of all the, like, the reporters around town to them so they kind of know what they look like and be able to recognize them and, you know, be understandable that you can't, like, just be talking freely to these people. Um, and so she says she should fire your publicist because she's not doing a good job. And she also says she knows the writer and doesn't think she made up those things. Um, Marisol's having a hard time letting Karen speak, which I don't think is really fair because you invited Karen here, I guess, to explain herself. So let her explain herself. Like... You, you have to, you, you have to let her speak. You don't know what she's going to say. I mean, maybe you do, but you also don't. Um, Joanna jumps in and says that, that like, you have to let her speak. Um, I, and then Alexia jumps in and says that if someone's going to speak, they need to be sincere and truthful. She's not going to deal with this bullshit. And she thinks everything Karen says is bullshit. Okay. So then what is Karen doing here? If you don't believe her capable of saying anything that's not bullshit, you have to let her speak. 
Anna says she just wants to know how Karen ended up with conflict in so many people. Like, she's on everyone's shit list at the same time because that means there's something there. And Lisa says that she goes by her own feelings and that Karen has been wonderful to her, which, Lisa, she just listened to you. She actually hasn't done anything nice. She just listened to you. Um, Marisol says that uh, Karen has to be nice to Lisa because she's pissed everybody else off. And Joanna says that they are all insecure. Why do they even care about that article? Move on from it. And Joanna, bitch, if that article had been about you, you would have shown up at the fuck, you would have shown up drunk somewhere talking about this fucking article. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Shit. You sued Brandy because she said you had a stinky pussy. Come on. You're talking about suing Joe Francis. And if we went by your advice, then if it's not true, then don't worry about it. Come on, Joanna. And also everything she says is someone's insecure. Come on. Um, in fact, when I think about this, Lisa and Joanna like Karen. Karen, Lisa, and Joanna are new this year. But also... The reason they don't care about this article is because the slant was that there's new people coming to the Real Housewives of Miami and you guys are new people. So you think all the mean stuff that was said isn't about you. You're like, oh, they're talking about these other girls. So, yeah, I get why you don't care. Um, Marisol says she's, it's not just a newspaper article. It was online. It went viral. Um, their names are attached to it. Yeah, she's fucking mad. So Karen smiles, and then they're like, ah, it's bullshit. This bitch is smiling again. <laughs> Adriana says that she's got her joker smiles the problem. And anytime someone tells her anything, she just smiles um, and doesn't do anything about it. And then she calls her Jack Nicholson. Don't you guys think it's crazy they're talking, when they call that the joker smile, they're talking about Jack. They're talking about uh, Tim Burton's Batman with Jack Nicholson. They're not talking about Heath Ledger or not Heath or even Joaquin Phoenix. They're talking about that Joker. Shit, this was a long time ago. <laughs> so then Karen's like, why did I even come? Girl, I don't know, Karen. These women hate you. Do not go places where a bunch of women fucking don't. If a bunch of women who hated me invited me, I'd be like, nah, dog. Send me an email. Text it to me. DM me. Do not, I don't, I don't feel like going there so y'all can like talk about how much you hate me. That's cool. This is another reason why I can't be on the housewives though. Um, like one, I'm boring. Two, I'm ugly. And three, I refuse to go to dinner after dinner to explore so I can find out why you don't like me. You not liking me is enough for me to be like, okay, well then fuck you bitch. And off I go. Ugh. Um, so... Joanna says that talking about Karen's smile is bullying. 2012, I feel like, was the height, the height of the housewives claiming to be bullied all the time. You think Alexis uh, from Real Housewives of OC. You think Brandy talking about bullying on um, Beverly Hills. They love to talk about bullying. And I'm just not a person that wants to talk about grown people bullying. Grown people who share similar power dynamics, I don't think can bully each other. I really think there has to be an imbalance of power for you to be, but, but I don't think of grown people's bullying. I think you're, is abuse of power. 
abuse of your power as employee, abuse of your power as a producer, you know, and abuse of your power as someone with money. I don't think of it as bullying, though. I think of bullying as a childhood thing. But, you know, they're saying that they're bullying him. And also, I don't even think Karen's being bullied. Um, I, excuse me. I don't even think there's an imbalance here for Karen. Like, I don't, I don't like when all the women dogpile on one woman. I don't like that at all. I think that's gross. I, I, you know, I think that you're a bad person if you're someone who joins in the shit like that, um, willingly. But I don't think that's what's happening here. There are three people on Karen's side and there are three people that fucking hate Karen. And then Leah's kind of like stepping back. I think there's even numbers here. And it's, and the fact that these other girls talk louder doesn't mean that, like, they're, they're, you know, fucking over Karen. Um, you know, uh, so this is when Alexia brings up what happened between Adriana and Joanna. And Joanna says that Adriana punched her in the face. And Adriana's like, I did not punch you in the face. Because Joanna is, is, has admitted that Adriana slapped her. But she will alternately say, well, she punched me in the face. Which is not true. But, you know, she did fucking hit you. I agree on that one. Um, and Adriana's like, I did not punch you in the face. If I punch you in the face, where's your bruise? Show me your bruise, bitch. <laughs> and um, Joanna's like, I'm over it and I'm not going to talk about it. And I'm like, yes, you are, Joanna. You're on a housewife show. You must talk about the same three incidents for six weeks of filming, 10 weeks of filming, and then six weeks of promotion. That's what you have to do. That's the job. It's in the contract. Make a mountain out of a molehill over and over and over again. That's what you have to do on these shows. And so they start kind of arguing back and forth. And Marisol's like, do I want to be between these two? And the answer is no, Marisol, you do not. You need to move. And Adriana says she was being, Adriana says she was being bullied. No, she wasn't. And that it was a fight or flight response. Maybe, maybe. But for you to be in a fight or flight response does not mean that someone actually did something to you. It's just like, I can agree. If you think, if you think you're in a fight or flight like mode, that just means your body was there. It doesn't actually mean that the threat was actually credible. One of the last times I went back to New York, I was staying with a friend and we were walking home. I forget where we were. We're in Brooklyn, but I forget. Um, it was a new place he was living. And we're walking. We're just talking. It's nighttime. And suddenly we hear these footsteps behind us. Like somebody's running up on us. And what did we do? We clutched each other and cowered. <laughs> That's what we fucking did. That's what our bodies told us to fucking do. But that's like, it was a guy jogging. And he slowed down because, like, we were, like, kind of in the way. So he was running very fast and he slowed down. And then he kind of, like, went around us and went. And, like, our body's reaction was real. The, cre the threat was not credible, though. And so I'm fine with Adriana being, like, I reacted. My body, like, took over and reacted. Sure, but that's not the same as saying that there was a credible threat there. Um... She says she has a bruise and scratches. And Joanna says one of her scratches is infected and she hopes Adriana doesn't have rabies. And then they call each other classy in like sarcastic ways. 
So then Lisa brings up that there was a lot of alcohol there and neither of them remember it perfectly, which is absolutely true. Because remember, they don't have... I don't think housewives get to see footage right away, especially not back then. I think that once these shows start to air, I think both Joanna and Adriana feel differently. But at this point, they're all like, yeah, it was kind of a haze. And, and you know, you know, I don't remember it. And Joanna rolls her eyes and goes, oh, my God, alcohol, fine. I don't remember. But if I did, I apologize. And Adriana says, I accept. Come on now, let's make peace. And they shake hands. And Lisa goes, woo. But you can see a screenshot. Like, Marta's in the background. Marta's looking like, what the fuck? I know watching this, it seemed like it all went down in like 10 minutes, right? But if you pay attention to the lighting, it's the sun's up when they start. It's twilight. It's, it's, it's The sun is setting when they're done. And there's all this lighting, but it looks like artificial lighting. Like, I bet they paused that fight so they could put up lighting. Um, it, what I'm trying to say here is that this probably went on for a long time. They're probably fucking tired of talking about it. Um... And that would be me. I'd be like, I don't care. You, we've, you've made me talk about this for so long, I don't care about it anymore. Um, anyway, Joanna says she didn't start the fight. She doesn't remember cursing anybody out. But she does apologize if that happened. Adriana apologized for getting physical. They both agree. They both apologize. And Anna's like, this is not done. Because it's the hasty way. It's just not done. And Joanna immediately gets on her phone. And Adriana walks off. And... She's like saying it's a bunch of bullshit, but I'm ready to move on. And that's pretty much the end of that, both those episodes. Now, next week, we're at dinner party where Karen just was like, I'm gonna have a dinner party at Thomas, the uh, well known real estate entrepreneur that's like basically doing coke with Scott Storch all the time. They have that dinner party. And Mama Elsa's there. There's a fight, there's a lot of shit happening. Uh, I'm ready for it. I think that's it, guys. Uh, make sure that you check out the Patreon. It's at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure you follow me at OKThenPrincess on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want show updates, you can follow me at by pumpkin podcast on Instagram. And uh, thanks for listening. Later.